Hello, hello to all of our HOD podcast listeners. We are back once again with a Sunday podcast. I know you guys have gotten used to getting it early in the morning, but we all had to uh, head in early this morning for our service, our love service for our bishop on this morning. So I was unable to get everything processed and uploaded early this morning, but nevertheless, the day has not ended without the podcast going up. Uh, We thank you all for tuning in once again to the podcast each and every week Uh, for you all taking out time out of your busy, busy schedules to listen and to uh, send me your messages to let me know that you have enjoyed the podcast. Um, I've already received a couple of messages from some of our faithful listeners asking me, where is the podcast? But fret not. We are here to uh, give you guys what you are looking for, what you need to help you get through. Uh, We also received word today from uh, one of our faithful listeners that she was listening to the music and the podcast all throughout the week um, on her lunch breaks, uh, whenever she goes out to eat by herself, uh, even whenever she's in a classroom and on her way to to her various uh, destinations as she drives in her vehicle. So it is a wonderful feeling to know that this podcast is not just for Sunday, but it also takes us throughout the week. Um, We will do our best to continue to bring you guys high quality content and uh, we will do our best to make sure that you guys are enjoying everything that we are presenting to you each and every week. Uh, But nevertheless, Uh, All of those who were unable to make it to the service on today, you definitely missed a high time in the Lord. Not going to rub it in too much. All I'm going to say is you missed out. Uh, We definitely had a wonderful service. All of us wearing our masks, but giving God all the praise. So uh, we will come back together on the fourth Sunday in December. And hopefully, if you're free, you're able to come and enjoy Jesus with us. But with all that being said, let's get into our podcast for this week. And we hope that you all enjoy.
turn to your neighbor and say, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Tell them it may look like it, it may seem like it, but no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Hallelujah. How many of y'all believe that? How many of y'all receive that? No matter what it looks like, it may form, but it will never, it will never work.
that no weapon formed against you or me will ever prosper. It may form us. Victorious folk we got in the house. Listen, you all, I declare that God's word is true in this house tonight. His word is true. The word of God tells us that we shall
This is the social justice hour, so I make no apologies for that which I'm going to preach. Uh, if you have your Bibles, your phone, your iPad, whatever you have, there is a, a scripture narrative in the Old Testament book of 2 Kings and the 7th chapter. 2 Kings chapter 7, beginning at verse 3. 2 Kings chapter 7, verse 3. If you would not mind just holding, if you're going to walk till I finish reading God's word, that would be wonderful. We stayed for everything you had to say, now stay for God's word. 2 Kings chapter 7, verse 3. Now there were four men who were lepers at the entrance of the gate. They said to one another, why are we sitting here until we die? If we say, let us enter the city, the famine is in the city, and we shall die there. And if we sit here, we will die also. So now come, let us go over to the camp of the Syrians. If they spare our lives, we shall live, and if they kill us, we shall but die. So they arose at twilight to go to the camp of the Syrians. But when they came to the edge of the camp of the Syrians, behold, there was no one there. For the Lord had made the army of the Syrians hear the sound of chariots and of horses, the sound of a great army, so that they said to one another, Behold, the king of Israel has hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of Egypt to come against us. So they fled away in the twilight and abandoned their tents, their horses, their donkeys, leaving the camp as it was and fled for their lives. When these lepers came to the edge of the camp, they went into a tent, ate and drank, and they carried off silver, gold, and clothes, and went and hid them. Then they came back and entered another tent and carried off things from it and went and hid them. Then they said to one another, we are not doing right. This is a day of good news, and if we are silent and wait until the morning light, punishment will overtake us. Now therefore come, let us go and tell the king's household. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I want to I want to preach during this social justice hour with this thought in our minds. I'll decide for myself. I'll decide for myself. The oldest African-American denomination in the United States of America is the African Methodist Episcopal Church. Started in February of 1787 in the St. George Episcopal Church in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. It was at that moment in that church in that era where the most segregated hour in America was given an ocular demonstration in its truth. Because on that day, whites sat on the main floor and freed slaves sat in the balcony. They would even have separate times when they would receive communion and could pray at the altar. And on this particular Sunday, a man by the name of Richard Allen was on his knees praying when a white member showed up late. When he showed up late, Usher tapped Allen on the shoulder while he was in prayer at the altar. Said, you've got to get up off your knees so this man can have this space at the altar. Allen got up and signaled to everyone in the balcony, let us leave now. They went down the street to his Advil shop and began the AME church with the theme that we must be a liberating and reconciling now, to be liberated means to be set free from any form of bondage, whether it be social, political, emotional, spiritual, economic. It means that I have the right to self-determination, self-affirmation, and self-definition. It was in 1969 when James Cone wrote the main work on liberation theology called Theology and Black Power. He and Dwight Hopkins, and it was in that book where Cone asserted that black power is not alien to the Bible. Because in the Bible, from Moses to Jesus, we find liberators and revolutionaries. Everything that Jesus spoke of was about the transformation of a community of people. It was W.E.B. Du Bois who said that by long odds, the greatest product of black culture is the black church. Because the black church, in the words of Hosea Williams, is unbought and unbossed. When you look through our history, whenever we found ourselves under oppression, God always raised up a prophet, Denmark Vesey, Nat Turner, Marcus Garvey, Soldier of the Truth, Daniel Payne, Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, Jeremiah Wright, Jr. The black church has always produced a prophet. The problem was, and still is, 
President Sampson, that America is threatened by black men who have a voice. They have tried to reduce the preacher as a result of nothing more than a sideshow pill. And we have rolled over and allowed it to happen. It's only in a racist America where people are called wrong or racist or controversial when they say ouch because something hurts them. So now the black preacher has submitted to the capitalism of America and preaches riches and prosperity with no hint of the need to be prophetic. Because we have allowed right-wing conservative news like the Fixed News Network to determine for us what we should and should not say, what we should and should not do. Some of y'all are already uncomfortable in, with me because I'm in the Hyatt Hotel talking like I'm talking. Have you not found it odd that they give a pass to evangelical Christian preachers who call America to prayer and repentance? I mean, John Hagee in his book, Countdown to Jerusalem, warned America to a time of prayer and even introduced and recommended John McCain to the Christian coalition. But nobody ever investigated any of his words where he promoted Jerusalem to get five times the funding than the entire continent of Africa. We say nothing about television evangelists who pimp and propaganda their way into the purses of people through prayer cloths and prayer oil and magic water. But when a prophet speaks truth to power, we want him to be silenced and cast aside. In the church, there's got to be more to preachers than just who's got the biggest building, who's got the most people, who's on television the most. But the black church has got to go back to the original the mantle of prophetic preaching and say that it's more than being debt free and being millionaires and owning businesses in 29 days. But in the words of Dr. King, if any of us are in trouble, then all of us are in trouble. And it's time out for individual greatness and to rise up for community greatness. It was the man who was like a second father to me, Dr. Jeremiah Wright, who put the phrase on this church that they are unashamedly black, unapologetically Christian. It was Dr. William Watley, who now pastors in Atlanta, who further concurred, how does us affirming ourselves annihilate anybody else? Nobody's mad about the labels that are on other churches. Nobody protests the Roman Catholic Church. Ain't nobody mad about the Greek Orthodox Church. Ain't nobody upset about the Dutch Reformed Church. Who's protesting the American Baptist Church? Ain't nobody got a problem with the German Lutheran Church. Nobody has a problem with the Southern Baptist Convention. So why is it that they have a problem with us being African in America, claiming the real color of Jesus, because he hid in Egypt, which is in Africa, and you have to hide something with things it blends in with. The role of a prophet is not to prophesy that tomorrow you're going to have a new car or more money or a new house or in 30 days you'll be debt free. But the role of the prophet is to tell Pharaoh, let my people go. And that's whether Pharaoh is Obama, Romney, Santorum, Gingrich, or anybody else. This is the social justice hour. The role of the prophet in the biblical sense was not just to talk about material gain, but to speak truth to power and change a nation without getting in bed with the government over that nation. And if they got a problem with prophets, they need to tear the Bible up. Because if they got a problem with prophets, they need to get rid of Amos, Isaiah, Obadiah, Jeremiah, Zechariah, Zephaniah, Malachi, Lamentations, and all of the rest. But the black church has got to get to a point and black people have got to get to a point where we don't turn over the definition of our action and value to the definition of somebody else. We've got to get to a point where we no longer let other people determine for us what we can do and where we can go. That, that's what I saw in this text. Here we find four brothers who refuse to believe that things can't change. Even with every odd against them, they refuse to settle that where they are is where they've got to end up. 
They refuse to give over the power of their lives to the definition of their condition. The text says they were lepers. Now somebody I know is preachers in here. How you relating that to who we are? Leprosy was a skin disease. <laughs> so they were treated differently because there was something different about their skin. Come on, I'm going to come get you in a minute. They, they, they were castigated and they were ostracized because there was something different about their skin. There was a famine in the land and so the president, I mean the king, uh, the government, shut down the city, closed the gates, and said, let's build a ghetto, I mean a colony, where we gonna put everybody to live with the same skin issue, and they got to fend for themselves. Let's, let's, let's lock them out the city so they can't get health care. Let's lock them out the city so they can't get faith-based money. Let's lock them out the city so they can't vote. Let's lock them out the city so they'll stay in their ghettos. Let's lock them out the city and redline their neighborhoods. Let's lock them out the city and let them know they're second-class citizens. All because there was something different about their skin. This is the social justice hour. It's a terrible thing when you get treated differently because there's something different about your skin. Can I keep going? Leprosy was more than just the name of a sickness. In the culture, leprosy had become a label. You only have to label me because you need to limit me. Because when you label me, you give a definition to the label you put on me. And then you expect me to live within the parameters of the label and the definition you gave me. So that once you label me, you then tell me how I am to act based on the definition of the label you give me. So if you are an ex-con, the label says you can't get a job or vote. If you are an ex-offender, that says you can't get back into the normality of society. If you're a black preacher, you're supposed to holler but ain't got no intellect. But is there anybody in the Baptist Convention who can say, I refuse to live with your labels? I'll live outside the box and be who God made me and do everything God gives me the power to do. Y'all sit down, I'm just talking about social justice. They, 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 they got a skin issue and their skin issue got them locked out the city. The enemy locks them out, tries to make them feel like life as it is is going to be how it's always going to be, that they're destined for failure. They're relegated to having nothing, all because of their condition. There are many people in our churches, and some might even be in here, who felt like they would have been disqualified from destiny based on the definition of your dysfunction. There are many people who have been locked out from vision and dream and destiny because you let somebody else tell you who you were supposed to be. The enemy has tried to convince you that you have a condition that keeps you from experiencing the abundance of God's blessings. But you've got to grow tired and weary of being shut out, of being left out, and of being kept out. Because what the enemy does not want you to know is that what you need and more is available. He's trying to keep you locked in to where you are. So here, what they say, they say it, if we stay here, we're going to die. If we go down there, we go down. So since death is imminent, if I'm going to die, I'm at least die trying to go to another level. And that's my word to somebody in here today. If they gonna kill us, they gonna kill us trying to get to the next level. If they gonna take us out, they got to take us out declaring that we gonna be more than who you said we were going to be. Let, let me show you real quick, because I know y'all want to go to lunch. Let me just show you a couple of things. A couple of things in the text, and I'm going to leave you alone. Uh, they said, we won't let y'all determine for us where we got to stay. We going to decide 
for ourselves. Let me show you a couple of things. The text says that the teachers walk with me around the text for a few minutes. First thing the text says to teach us is that everybody you count, you can't count on. Um, my, my late homiletics professor, Dr. Miles Jerome Jones, used to say that whenever there's a word of particularity in a text, you need to find out what it's particularly there for. Um, Dr. Carter, uh, you, would, you would not have lost any power of the text by just saying, now there were lepers. Or it could have just said, Dr. Glover, now there were some lepers. Uh, but, but the chronicler decides to give us a word of particularity. There were four lepers. Now lepers lived on a colony with hundreds of other lepers. <laughs> they lived with hundreds, but it's only four in the story. There were hundreds on the colony, but only four in the conversation. God help me, I feel good. Um, there were hundreds they could count, but there were only four in the conversation. And I had to ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what was the necessity of the chronicler giving us a number of the lepers? And the Holy Spirit said, because I needed people to know that the reason there were hundreds on the colony, but only four in the conversation, is because these were the only four who didn't think like the rest of the folk on the colony. These were the only four who decided they ain't got to stay where they are. They could count hundreds, but they could only count on four. And I'm about to make some folk mad in here. You can count hundreds in your convention, but you can't count on all of them. Because all of them don't think like you think. All of them ain't trying to go where you trying to go. You've got to surround yourself with people who think with the right consciousness about going where God can take you. That's why you got preachers registered, but they ain't in here. Everybody you count, you can't count on. That's why some of them going to get lunch. Everybody you count, you can't count on. Don't get mad with me. I'm in full gospel. I'm going to keep on preaching. Everybody you count, you can't count on. Just because they look like you don't mean they think like you. Just ask Michael Steele, just ask Clarence Thomas, just ask Condoleezza Wright. Everybody your color ain't your kind. And everybody your kind ain't your color. It ain't about the color, it's about consciousness. There were, there were hundreds on the colony, but only four in the conversation. Just because they, they hang around you don't mean they think like you. Just because they in your church don't mean they think like you. Just because they carry a Bible don't mean they think like you. When it comes time to being liberated from oppression, you got to hang out with some people who have decided I ain't got to stay where I am and I can be more than who they tell me I can be. Now, now I, you know, I got a little Pentecostal in me, so let me just give a little Pentecostal here. Um, the devil shows how stupid he is, cards. Because if the devil really wanted to stop them, he put the disease on the wrong part of their body. Because the power of life and death ain't in my skin. The power of life and death is in my mouth. And if he wanted to shut them down, he should have found a way to shut them up. I know I done go non-baptistic, but is there anybody in here who can say, if you shut everything else down, as long as I got my mouth, I'll lift up my voice. And if I lift up my voice, God will release angels on my behalf to fight for me in the heavens, to get my miracle in the earth realm. God, if I was at home, I'd tell you, slap five with somebody and tell them, use your voice, use your voice. Use your voice, use your voice to get delivered. Use your voice to get liberated. Use your voice to get healed. Use your voice to go higher. Hey, hey, they stuck.
started having a conversation. <laughs> Y'all sit down, I'm just talking. They, 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 they started, they started talking. They, they started talking. And, and watch, watch it now. Um, they, they had this conversation and they talked strategy and come up with game plan. Well, one of them said, well, if we stay here, we might die. Another one said, well, if we go down there, we might die. Another one said, well, if we might die there and we go down here, what should we do? The fourth one said, we should go on down there if we go down. They came up, see, I don't think get in trouble. The black church just wants to get together and shout, have prayer meeting, but they don't want to talk and put no strategy together. We got all that information this morning, and half y'all gonna leave it in your chairs. Cause we won't come together and have a shouting good time and and, and and do all of that, but don't want to get together, have concrete conversation, and come up with strategy on how to move forward. I appreciate all the marches they have in for Trayvon. But at some point, you got to stop marching and come up with a strategy. I appreciate the hoodies they're wearing, but at some point, you got to quit wearing the hoodie and come up with a strategy. If the black churches don't have power, we got to get beyond our denominational labels and limitations. Get beyond being National Baptist and full gospel and Church of God in Christ and come together, talk together, come up with strategy and move forward. Can, can I tell you one more thing? I'm going to move on. Um, in, 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 in the foursome, in the conversation, I'm going to make up a word if it's okay. There were no leperless persons in the conversation. But nobody in this conversation that wasn't lepers. There wasn't nobody in this conversation who didn't have a condition. See, if you ain't never been through it, you can't tell me how to handle it. If you ain't never been oppressed, if you ain't never been down, if you ain't never been disenfranchised, if you ain't never been sick, I can tie these holier than thou, sanctimonious, sanctified folk who want to try to tell you how to deal with your issue and they ain't never been through it every now and then. I need somebody who's going through just like me, who can lock hands with me and say we can come out of this if we just get together. Uh, let, me, let me move on. Let me move on. Um, next thing the text teaches us is that your move of faith will bring God's move of favor. Um, great book I read a couple of years ago was written by a gentleman by the name of Stephen W. Smith called The Lazarus Life. Spiritual Transformation for Ordinary People. And he talks about in one of the chapters in there, Bishop Curry, about the disillusionment that people in the church have. Well, we have come to the end of another podcast. We hope and pray that you all have enjoyed not only the music, but the word for this week. Um, once again, we definitely appreciate you guys tuning in every week and listening to the podcast and for all of your words of encouragement and also for you um, letting us know just how much you're enjoying the podcast. Um, once again, we will uh, not be having service on the first, second, or third Sunday of the month, but we will be coming back together again on the fourth Sunday of December. Um, again, our services begin uh, at 10 a.m. Um, the address is 3039 Thero Fair Road here in Goldsboro, North Carolina. Um, and as uh, it has been stated before, we take all precautions. Uh, masks are worn. 
hand sanitizer is ready. All foreheads are scanned for temperatures and we are doing our best to uh, make sure that everyone is safe whenever we come to service. Um, so if you're not doing anything, don't have anything going on on the fourth Sunday of December, come on through um, and enjoy the service with us. I promise you, you will not be sorry that you came. And we uh, um, definitely let the Lord have his way. And uh, if you come through, you will not leave the same as you came. Uh, we are looking forward to uh, coming together on uh, the fourth Sunday of December. Uh, it's been a little while since we were able to get together um, due, due to us, uh, the bishop making sure that um, we're doing everything to make sure that everyone is safe and taking all the precaution um, and only having one service per Sunday. Uh, but if I must say so myself, uh, the people uh, definitely were hungry for uh, getting back in the service today and it definitely showed. So, uh, Again, if you missed the service on today, you missed a hot one. But uh, I won't rub it in too much. I'll just say, whenever we come back together again, the doors are open for you. Um, but again, we thank you guys for listening, tuning in week, uh, every week to uh, the podcast. And uh, as I stated before, we'll do our best to make sure that the content that we present to you each and every week is high quality content. Um, we will uh, be expecting to have the podcast up uh, at our early Sunday morning service time on next week. Uh, so you guys stay tuned. I'll try to start working on it on Saturday evening so I can make sure that I get it out to you guys bright and early on next Sunday. But until then, as always, we will see you all on the other side.
the weapons that have been formed against us designed to take my joy and ship away I'm the devil thought he had me that I wouldn't break free but I said him today with the violin for tea swing it up oh
plays on the floor right here. One, two, three, come on. This is a nobody else could do it but God praise. I don't know who did it for you, but I realized what I was in.
Because I'm still waiting for God to do it. So your confession is different. Your confession would sound a little like God do it again. Heal. 
You deliver, I'll praise you while you say. 